guys, welcome to the first in what I hope is a long line of bonus episodes where I dig into some video games and uh, preferably, you know, they'd be horror, science fiction, but a lot of times, you know, once I play something, if I want to talk about it, I'm going to jump on one of these for maybe 10-15 minutes and just talk briefly about the game and introduce it to you and hopefully, you know, you find this interesting and you get into it, so. If this is your first time, I am Trey Whetstone and the host of Screaming Through the Ages, which this will be on the feed, but it might be under a different name. I'm not sure yet of what I'm going to call this or anything like that. But please give me some feedback on this and whether you would like to listen to these or not. I'm trying to make them short, so even if you're not necessarily deep into games, that maybe you'd enjoy hearing of it. So I'm not going to get into any spoilers on these games either. I'm basically going to give a rundown of the game what it's about, what I like about it, what I don't like about it, and a recommendation. So first up, I wanted to talk about one that I had finished about a month or so ago, and that is Ghostwire Tokyo. Now, Ghostwire Tokyo comes from Tango Gameworks, which is an offshoot of the guy, you know, this was founded by the guy that basically invented Resident Evil. So, pretty good pedigree, and he did Uh, Him and his team did with the first two games a couple of Resident Evil-style games that are a little different. They're called The Evil Within and The Evil Within 2. Now, I really enjoy both of those, so I was looking forward to Ghostwire Tokyo when it released. Ghostwire Tokyo released in March of this year, so March of 2022, I believe late March, and... I think it's available on PlayStation 5 and PC only for the time being. I think it is coming to Xbox, but it's going to be a little later, so you might have to hold out on that if that's what you're looking for. The game surrounds our protagonist, Akito, and is set in the Shibuya district of Tokyo. Now what happens with this is we see in the first scene that Akito is uh, taken over by this spirit, who is later known as KK. And KK basically takes over one half of his body and gives him this ability to do something called ethereal weaving, which is essentially, you know, he's got water, fire, and wind. He can control these elements and send them at enemies. So something has happened in this game where a lot of the people of Tokyo, you know, it seems like you're in this alternate world almost, and people of Tokyo have had their souls kind of captured and they're floating in the air all around the city. There's no people really left in the city um, other than yourself and the enemies that you run into. So the main point of this game is going in and taking down these enemies and basically freeing the souls of you know all these people that have been captured throughout the city. So you've got the main quest and what they're heading towards is it has to do with Akito's sister and basically finding out what happened to her and if she's okay. That's the main driving force. To be honest with you, the plot of this game is not really the best aspect, and I'm usually a story-driven person. To give you some of my background, I don't really play any multiplayer games anymore. I play single-player games, and I like to play them for the story a lot of the times. You know, I like the gameplay as well. But I need to usually have at least a decent story. So, I mean, there's an okay story. But the main driver for me here are these enemies and battling these enemies and the combat that goes along with that. I mean, you have your powers of wind, fire, and water that you can upgrade in various ways. 
but you also have a bow and you have some melee attacks. And the main purpose in combat is to kind of whittle these creatures down low enough where you can take out their cores or you, you know, knock them away. And the enemy design is top notch in this, and I really love it. It's basically taking a lot of Japanese tropes, whether that be, you know, how they dress in their everyday life. You take something like the salary man, and there's a guy, you know, in a suit carrying a briefcase, and they just kind of charge at you, but they don't really have a recognizable face. And I'll try to put some images of these characters in with this episode because they are truly creepy. But you have that, and then you have, you know, schoolgirls wearing the typical, like, sailor-type outfits, if you know what I mean there, and they don't have any heads, and they're coming at you and trying to attack you and extremely creepy. You've got what is essentially amounts to the Slipmouth Woman urban legend, which is basically, you know, a woman who's wearing this mask over her face, you know, over her mouth region. She's got these giant scissors, and she's coming at you full speed. So these enemies are terrifying to fight, and they're just charging you left and right, and there's ones that take bigger damage, and uh, there's these grotesque-looking bosses and very, you know, Jap- very rooted in Japanese urban legends and their mythological kind of stuff. And that's what you're fighting in this game, and I love the design of those. Now, outside of that, there is like an open-world city, but there's not a whole lot to do in it. There are activities here and there. There are stuff to complete. Um, a lot of the things, what I said, there are tons of these captured souls, and you basically, what it amounts to is a lot of times... You're either fighting off someone and absorbing these souls in a little paper doll and kind of going to a phone booth to release them is the, if that sounds weird, it definitely is weird, but you're going to a phone booth to try and release these souls and redeem them essentially. So that's, that's a driving force there. You're going around the city and collecting these and that's kind of fun. I found that kind of cathartic and fun to go around and absorb these souls in a paper doll and you know, check them off the list. There are an insurmountable number of souls in this city. I mean, there's like 25,000 souls that it tells you how many you freed out of that many. And you pick them up in big chunks. I mean, you're not picking like one up at a time. If you absorb them, you're picking up several of them. But to take the time and go through and do all that, I did not want to do. But I did like, you know, if I'm in an area trying to traverse the world and picking up these souls. It was pretty fun. Um, As far as like the side quest type stuff, I did one and I didn't really find it to be enjoyable, so I didn't do a whole lot of the other ones. I was mainly going from point A to point B while taking side paths to, you know, do some side activities to get my experience up and everything like that. A main thing about that is collecting the souls gets you a lot of experience points to get you leveled up and to get you upgrades. And you also have these shrines and stuff you can go to, and you can release these Tori gates, which are these traditional Japanese gates. You'd know them when you saw them, when you see them, but you basically, like, uncorrupt them. And, um, you know, the map is covered by a fog. You can't go into the fog. So when you go to one of these gates and release the corruption from it after pretty much doing battle with people and releasing the seal, you can go to different areas of the map. And that's the basic you know, point A to point B, how you get around and what you're doing in the world. But the side quests I just did not find interesting. Now, I've heard that the side quests do, I mean, there's some decent side quests, and if you think about what's behind them, it's cool. 
If you think about what's behind these characters, like they each have a description of these enemies that you fight, and when you read those, it's pretty pretty grim stuff of how these people got into the situations where they're these, you know, ghosts or yokai now. But, I mean, that's that's pretty much the driving force. I really enjoyed the combat. I thought the story was passable. Uh, but really, the enemy designs and everything is where you're going to get your money's worth out of this thing. And the fighting is just so fun and so addicting. And, you know, pulling these cores out of these monsters and seeing how many you can pull out at one time is really fun because, you know, as you're trying to pull out a core, you're getting other people shooting at you or attacking you, running at you. It's kind of nonstop and you don't really get a chance to breathe. For me, at the end of the day, I really like this game, even though there's not a whole lot to write home about on the story or anything. But I think it's something different and probably something, you know, it's not doing too well sales-wise, so I think it's something a lot of people haven't heard of. So if you're looking for something fun to do and with fun gameplay and with creepy characters that are, you know, creepy enemies that put you in these tense situations, I think there's a lot of fun to be had here. You know, I had my doubts early on, but I feel like if you stick with it, there's just so much cool and interesting stuff in this game. And the way it kind of develops as it goes on is awesome. So I would say this is much more for people who are very familiar with games and uh, like this type of thing, these action, fast-paced, frantic games where you things are going to get a little tense. It's not for the faint of heart from a combat standpoint. So, But Ghostwire Tokyo, I think, is a very big you know, surprise and underrated game of this year. So if that sounds interesting, I would definitely check it out. I would say this is worth your time for sure. Um, I can't remember. I think I put probably around 20 hours into this thing. So it's not super long, but it's not short either. And I've seen several sales. I got this on sale myself. So you definitely don't have to worry about paying full price if you want to pick this one up. But again, I think it's only on PS5 and PC for right now. So if you want to wait for the Xbox version, it's probably coming along later. But that is my little talk on Ghostwire Tokyo. Let me know what you think about this quick little conversation. If you enjoyed hearing about the game, if you're thinking of picking up the game. And what you think about these going forward, if you think they'd be good. Um, I plan to have a couple of these out over the next few weeks. So hopefully um, you enjoyed it, and thanks for tuning in. And remember, when you're not getting your bi-weekly fix of horror movie history, you can check out these little bite-sized video game episodes and maybe some other stuff I've got in the future. 